what gave me that fire inside. And I think to me, and if that is what a warrior queen is, like whatever that fire is, just go after it. Um, it might take you time to get there, but chase it, right? And you will get there. And that would be my advice to others as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Warrior Queen podcast. My name is Joe Kenny, and I am joined today by Era Ray, who is the Executive Director of Global Transformation and Strategic Initiatives with Estee Lauder, and also the co-founder of Salute, which we will hear a little bit more about later. Era, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Joe, for having me. I'm very excited for this conversation. Yes, me too, me too. So we'll dive right in here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of your, your work experience and your journey that way. Um, from what I've seen, from what you've shared with me, you, you started out with um, on that path to an MBA, but in a more consulting place. And then that transitioned into beauty and all these things layered on top of it. So if you can tell our listeners and me a little bit more of how that went. Yes, absolutely. And Joe, you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I feel like I've now found kind of my place and passion, but it took some time. Um, I wasn't one of those people who right out of college, you know, found that fire. Um, but I think it was a very intentional path and I got to where I wanted to be. Um, and certainly the journey was very interesting. So I started in finance, always in consulting, but okay. more consulting okay. in the finance space. Um, and I just found that you know, I enjoyed the work in consulting, but I wasn't excited by the work I was doing for my clients in the finance mm -hmm. space. I just kind of didn't feel that fire. Mm -hmm. um, and I moved around a little bit. So I started a big, big company, IBM, and then a smaller consulting firm because I wanted to experience, you know, what is it like working in a big company versus small? And, you know, there's pros and cons to both, of course. of course. And then I realized that, you know, it just, it wasn't the size of the company that was making me unhappy, if you will, but it was more just like the work I was doing. So then I took some time off. I went to business school, um, to your point on MBA, but I really used that time, Joe, for to find what that was. Like I had a hypothesis. I was interested in the consumer and retail space, mm -hmm. um, but I just didn't have enough of a, a network, you know, people I knew who worked in that space, but then also just, I didn't know enough on what that meant. So I spent business school, um, was a wonderful two years where I really got to experience, meet people, talk to people in the industry, did an internship. And then it's funny, Joe, because I said I was done with consulting, having been a consultant for many years. <laughs> yeah. But then I ended up going back to consulting right after business school. Um, I think <laughs> I realized what I loved about consulting was just the variety of work you have in terms of working with different clients, working with different people, different problems. Right. But I knew that I had this fire for like the consumer and retail space. So I actually, when I say I went back into consulting, I was very intentional that I would only consult for those types of clients. Um, so it was a very intentional and exciting move um, because it gave me the chance then to actually work with a bunch of clients in the space. And then in that time, I did a ton of work in beauty. Um, so I, you know, I was a consultant. I said I would only do it for two years and I ended up doing it for almost five. <laughs> but I just found a bunch of clients that I loved working in spaces that I love with people that I love. But in that time, I started to do a lot of work in beauty and truly fell in, this, fell in love with the space, both as a personal consumer, you know, as a beauty shopper, but also right. as someone who works in the industry. And then, you know, after a couple of years for various personal and professional reasons, I just knew I wanted to go work in beauty um, versus for beauty, you know, as a consultant. 
And that's how I ended up at Estee Lauder. And so I've been here now for two years and I'm loving my experience. Um, you know, I mentioned when we started this conversation that it was a journey, but I think, you know, I, I wasn't one of those people who knew right away at 16 or 21 or whatever age that what I wanted to do, but I took steps to kind of figure it out. And I feel like it got me to a good place. And now I'm just excited to see what's next. Wow, that's very concise. So I can tell that you've thought about this plenty of times, but that that is a great journey. I actually, I, I res- it resonates with me well because I, I didn't know what I was going to be planning on doing, setting out um, into my my scholastic career and then my actual working career. Um, I think for a while I was going to be an architect, um, and then I fell in love with theater and I started acting and I went to college for that. And while I was there, I was I mean, when you're in acting, you always got to think of what else in my opinion what what's going to support you as you try to strive for this goal um and i looked at what i enjoyed doing on my personal time um, and a lot of that had to do with uh not necessarily it work but technology in general i I loved innovating and and making things better and improving them with these growing technologies around me. And that's when I started at Apple. And when I got there, I started to really foster this seed um, of what was my passion. And I feel like that aligns with Mm -hmm. beauty. Once you you got there and you said, you know what, this, now I'm feeling it. Now I'm involved. Now I'm driven to do more than just what my paycheck is going to reflect. I'm driven because I want to do it. Exactly. And that's really great. I'm, unfortunately, not everyone finds that, but I'm glad that you're providing an example of for people who do find that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that story, Joe, that you just shared. I mean, even when I was reflecting, you know, after I knew what I didn't like, so, you know, I wasn't passionate about the finance industry. I started to think about like, well, what is it that does excite me? And I mm-hmm. remembered like, for me, it was like, I get really excited going to Sephora and seeing our products, right? Or hearing yeah. about this new brand that came out or the way that the industry is changing because they're embracing more diversity or like all these things that are just happening in beauty that's so dynamic that I was like, I want to go work in this and I want to be the person who's helping shape this um, from the you know from the other side. So yeah. I, I love what you just shared, but I think that's kind of, when I really just thought about, to your point, like what excites me on a daily basis, even when you just take the lens of work out, um, that's kind of how I found that path. Yeah, yeah. And being part of that transformation is something that's very even hard to put into words when you see something over time develop and you know behind the scenes you're, you're an integral part of it. It's like having a child. I haven't had a child yet, but I assume it's like having <laughs> yeah. a child in a smaller aspect. Yeah, so on, on this, on your career path here, I, I have to ask, because I think it's very important for our listeners to hear, was there any point where you were met with um, a significant challenge? And, and if so, was that challenge based on who you are as a person, or was it something that you think anyone in the field would have come across? And then how, of course, you, you navigated that? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, yes, absolutely. Okay. I know for me, I'm just trying to think, you know, let me think about this because I want to I want to give you a good and thoughtful answer. Joe, actually, you know, leaving consulting for industry was hard. And what I mean by that is I know, you know, I've mentioned that I knew I wanted to move to beauty and I love that. But like I had a good path in consulting. You know, I was working with beauty clients. Um, I'd been a consultant my whole life. Like I was working with a group of people, group of people. And also when I made the switch was 2020. So mm-hmm. right during the pandemic. And I think for me, just, um, you know, you asked the question, like, is this something specific to you? I think yes, because I was at a crossroads where like, I, 
you know, for personal and personal reasons, I didn't see consulting being a sustainable model for me. Um, you know, I was traveling Monday through Thursday. This is pre-pandemic, obviously. A lot of that changed post-pandemic, but of course. traveling Monday through Thursday, um, very high pressure. There was a lot that it, the job was taking from me. Um, and I actually really started to see it affecting my personal life. You know, I've got a very supportive family system. That's great. But like, in terms of even just being burnt out, in terms of how it was affecting how I showed up in my relationships and all of that. So even though like I had me a good path set for me, just that was actually a tough thing to think about. And then I took six months um, mm. to really figure out what that looked like. Meaning, yes, you lead consulting, right? Industry, there's so many paths to take in terms of big companies, small company. And you kind of mentioned that when you were in theater, you're always right. also looking at what else is there. But did I want to work at a big company like Estee Lauder? Did I want to work at a startup? Having experience in both, you know, there's pros and cons to each what kind of company, what kind of people, what kind of role. Um, so that was, I think, challenging, Joe, not in the traditional sense in that, like, you know, the interview answer where how did you overcome this challenge? But I think for me, it was just a lot of soul searching. And like yeah. I said, I took six months to do it. Um, it wasn't, uh, oh, I put my resignation in and then a week later I was starting something new. Right. Um, I think that was right. just, a good period for me in terms of self-discovery and self-reflection. Yeah. And it's very important to have that time. I mean, I think I wouldn't say even say coincidentally, but the fact that it was 2020 and you needed to take some personal time, um, it, it works out well because we were all had a bunch of personal time to take there. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but you seems like you put it to very good use in, in uh, redirecting your career path there. So something I wanted to, uh, in addition to this question, uh, when we had a, a Rena Risa on another episode of our podcast, and mm -hmm. she's in the legal field, and something she talked about was, as she rose in the ranks in her legal career, she was faced with the the difficulties of the boys' club. Although she prevailed, that was a <laughs> stepping stone that she yeah. had to, a hurdle that she had to jump over in her career. Was did you ever find that you were in something like that? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I work now, you know, working in beauty, like our company is, I would, I think like 65 or 70% women, um, mm -hmm. Joseph, I'm in a, or maybe higher, but in the leadership ranks, it's actually quite small, meaning much smaller. You start to see that funnel that I think is quite typical. I forgot the stats in a lot of industries. Um, I think it's interesting because I've never faced like direct discrimination biases, but you see things like even for example, in consulting, right? When you're on the road, Monday through Thursday, sometimes as a woman with a family versus a male with a family, the expectations are different or the like impact it takes on your personal life is yeah. different. Um, and that like there I saw, I mean, was one of the reasons I left, frankly, was because um, I just didn't see how I could make this sustainable for me mm -hmm. with my other obligations, especially, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, Joe, in many of your conversations, I feel like as a South Asian woman, um, not to generalize, but a lot of our family pressures are higher or the expectations as a daughter-in-law, for example, forget being a mother or whatever, um, is different. Mm -hmm. I think that is where I felt in consulting, it became challenging or even things like, you know, being out to drinks with clients, like the expect as a woman with a bunch of male clients versus a male with a bunch of male clients is very different. Yeah. Um, and now I think what I'm, I think about a lot in my current job where it's, you know, the pressures are different. It's just more of like, why in an industry where 70% of people who work in this industry are women and are so few women in the most senior, most positions. 
Um, and that's something I'm still trying to understand and figure out like why that's the case. Is mm -hmm. it because, you know, the pressures of the job just make it harder? I mean, we're at Estee Lauder, we've got a CFO who is a woman and um, a diverse woman. So she is a black African-American, but that is something I'm still wrapping my head around because I don't fully understand why that's the case, but I, there's something going on, right? I mean, why yeah. is it such a funnel? Of course, of course. And, and you mentioned um, expectations are different as a woman um, and then further as a South Asian woman. I know Mrs. Bise has talked to many guests about those facts. So I, I've heard that conversation yes. before, but even just as a woman, there are things that I wasn't privy to until I was married. And my wife started telling me, and she'd say, well, mm. I'm doing this thing and it's difficult. And I'm like, well, so just don't do it. And she's like, well, that's not quite it. People, you know, people in your family or my mm. family, they're, they're, this is expected of me. So even if you're saying, well, just don't do it, that's, it's not quite that simple. Yes. Uh, and, and there are, there are tons of things between me as a man and her as a woman and, and however else you want to put that divide where we just don't know the other side. We've lived our lives and there's so many subtleties that we can just yes. never experience until someone tells us. Um, so it's very important to do podcast episodes like this where we share those journeys or even just talking to people of um, that are different than us in the same or different yes. industry to see their perspective. Um, it's really important that that gets shared because knowledge is power. Let's put it that way. It comes to a head there. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. I mean, that that's that's a lot about your work history here. And I hope that our listeners can take from that and help motivate them on their journeys. But there's something else big on your resume that I want to talk a bit about. And that is <laughs> yes. SALUTE. SALUTE, which if I may share the acronym, stands for South Asian Ladies Unite to Empower, which is great. Where did that acronym come from? Where did that come from first? Yes. So the acronym, if you'll let me, Joe, I'll tell you a little bit about how Salute started because I think Take it they're away. both related. But, um, you know, I mentioned the six months that I took to kind of figure out what's next for me post-consulting. Mm -hmm. um, during that period, you know, as I was trying to figure out what do I want to do when I grow up, um, but <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking to people, right? So just talking to men, women, whatever, in across the industries, like big companies, small, just to understand, like, what is it like working in your role? Is that something I could see myself doing? Mm -hmm. During this journey, what I ended up coming across was a lot of South Asian women who are crushing it in beauty. And I'm giving you the beauty example. But, um, and what was interesting, you know, I had this moment, Joe, and, and again, I had the time to self-reflect was just, I am finding these people because I'm looking for them. Meaning mm -hmm. I'm reaching out to my networks, I'm stalking them on LinkedIn, you know, I'm very blessed in that I've had an incredible network of friends, family, undergrad, MBA, um, consulting, all of that. But I was like, why is it so hard to find these women who can help one another on whatever it is, right? In mm -hmm. this case, I was looking for something very specific. And I was so, I was at the time talking to my family friend, Neha, who completely different world than me. She works in marketing at a financial services company, but she also in her own ways and in her own journey felt the same way. So we were talking about this and then we were both like, well, let's do something about it. And, um, you know, Neha's, I joke, like the creative brains of Salute. So she came up with the name okay. um, and the logo and all of that, because we really wanted something that exuded power. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like that empower is in the name, but we really wanted something that just yelled power. So if you look at our logo, our branding, all of that, Yep. But basically what we wanted to do was create forums to make this easier. So for South Asian female professionals who are crushing it 
across their different spaces, like create a space where we can find each other for whatever the topic is, right? You know, I give you my example on, I want to learn more about beauty and the different ways I can, the different paths I can take in industry, but maybe it's about, you know, some of these questions you're asking, like, how do we battle biases in the workplace? Or how do you manage being a C-level exec while you have three kids and in-laws at home? Or I don't know, whatever the topic is, or what are you reading right now? Or what are your favorite books? So that's why we built Salute. Um, And that's kind of the story behind. I know you asked me specifically about the name, but I I wanted to just share a little bit about that as well. You can start wherever you like. I'm happy to hear. One question (laughs) would have came after the other. You mentioned you really wanted to invoke power with that. And when I visited your site, uh, Salute site, and looked at the design, that's something that I I tend to have a a keen eye on in my profession. Um, I did feel like that. I felt like it was very strong. It was very present. Yes. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And as I I looked around, um, I kind of read into it a little bit. I saw that your three pillars, something stood out to me. It was community, connectivity, and cultivation. Where did that come from? Yes. So we we thought about, you know, when so Neha and I started putting our heads together and we're like, okay, what do we want Salute to be? Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of different paths you can take. Um, So one is, you know, we felt Joe, that there was just a gap in community. Meaning, you know, if you look out in your companies, in the industry, there is a lot of organizations and let's say a lot of affinity groups have a lot of powerful networks, whether that be LGBTQ, whether it be South, you know, African-American, whatnot. Like I'll give you McKinsey had a really strong McKinsey Black network, mm-hmm. but there was nothing for South Asian women. Mm-hmm. Yet from a numbers perspective, we're still there, right? Meaning like, it's not like there weren't South Asian females um, in McKinsey. And so we just felt like there wasn't enough community around us. And I think some of it, Joe, is, I'll be honest, cultural. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of South Asian women, because, you know, for daughters of immigrants or whatnot, there's this element of, I don't want to say competition, but this feeling, but more of this feeling of there's only two positions up there. Let's say I want to be one of them, right? So we wanted to create this sense of community that really, I keep using this word, but it is truly community that gives South Asian women any in particular space to exchange ideas, support one another and really elevate each other. Um, And that's related to connectivity as well. Like it's all about building relationships. I mean, we're, you know, we always say like, look at how powerful each of us is individually and you put us together, that is a force. And then the cultivation comes up, you know, one thing that I'm really passionate about is, okay, so we bring this community of incredible women together, but like, how do we take this to the next level? Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we do in Salute, as I'm sure you've seen is, really focus on learning and development. So coaching, fireside chats with senior leaders where they share their stories. Um, We do a lot of development and cultivation. So we're really helping further empower this community. So that's kind of where the three buckets came from. Um, And I think we're staying, you know, we wanted to be focused, but at the same time, make sure that, so everything we do, we, we take with a lens of, you know, are we doing at least one of these three things, if not, two or three of them. I think that's absolutely important. As as you were saying that, I was feeling that I think part of the essence of it, and it's if you look around and you don't see people who look like you or think like you in those positions of power, it's one less thing to help motivate you. And when you do see them, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I can achieve that. You know, that's that's there in front of me. And I think there's a lot of... um, a lot of groups of people who don't get that fulfillment. I happen to be a white male. It's very easy for me to look up and see that, right? Um, but there's a lot of group of people who don't get that. And part of uh, at the Warrior Queen Project, I think something along the same lines is we have a, 
a campaign on social media called the Asian is Beauty campaign, which is simply mm. looking to repost pictures of beautiful Asian women so that other Asian women can see them and say, hey, look, look how pretty she is. Everyone should know this. And you know what? I'm going to tell yeah. everyone that I'm pretty. I'm going to post pictures of myself. And we just want to inspire that mentality that no one is alone. You, no one should feel isolated from being, from wanting yes. to display their talents, their beauty, their intellect, whatever may have you. So, and I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that salute is, is doing that just as well. You're, you're putting a bunch of people together to say, Hey, you, this is what you want to achieve. Let me introduce you to five people who've achieved that and how maybe they can exactly. help you. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So I'm very happy to see that. And thank you for sharing about it. That's, that's really, really, really great. I think everything is coming to a head here. The question that we ask every guest on the Warrior Queen podcast is what does being a warrior queen mean to you? So how does that term resonate with you? Um, you, by Mrs. Bisse's definition, you are a warrior <laughs> queen. So congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. How, how does that resonate with you? I think to me, Joe, it's all about following your passion. And I know I don't want to use that phrase as like a cheesy cliche thing, but as I look at my path, whether that's with, you know, how I ended up at Estee Lauder to, or how Salute came about, it's really about, I just follow what gave me energy, right? And I, I think I said in my first couple of sentences, probably too many times, just what gave me that fire inside. Yeah. And I think to me, and if, that is what a warrior queen is like whatever that fire is just go after it um it might take you time to get there but chase it right and you will get there and that would be my advice to others as well like when i talk to other people i'm just like start to think about what that is and don't be discouraged if it takes you time to find it like maybe it's a small flame at first and it's going to turn into a fire but don't give up on that and i i think that's to me in we talked a lot about professionally, but even personally, right? Like where are you spending your time to just follow that fire? What gives you energy? And that to me is what being a warrior queen is. And I think that's what, that's what would be my advice to others as well. Very good, very good. I hope our, our listeners take that down. Um, and for anyone starting out in your specific career path, um, beyond following their fire, is there any any more specific tidbits of advice you'd give? Or obviously I'm sure you'd say, come on over to Salute, talk to our group. Yes, that, that's a come big on thing, over right? to Salute, yeah. The thing I would actually say, Joe, is you know, I'm a strong believer in you're only as good as the people you surround your by, yourself by, or that it's really important, your network. Network being whatever, your friends, family, your work, but I think really invest in relationships. Um, because that is what's going to propel you forward. And it also gives you the chance to help others. But, you know, that's obviously a core of salute. But when I look at what got me from, you know, undergrad, high school, whatever you want to talk, <laughs> whenever we want to start to where I am today, it's really investing time to learn and to get to know people. And those are the people that are going to help you. And then do the same, right? Invest time in helping others because it's, it's a cycle. And I yeah. think that's really important. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And it's unfortunate, I think, that the, in some ways, you know, the pandemic had effects on both sides of the spectrum, right? It's very easy to see the negative ones, yes. um, but it was definitely isolating. And yes. that isolationalism that came from it kind of cut off some of those ties. You know, luckily, we, we are living a day and age where we have something like the internet that can bridge gaps across the world. But 
when you stuck in your house, when you were when you were saying, hey, just stay there, even though reaching out to someone on the internet has nothing to do with going out of your house, it, it discourages those relationships. And now yes. that we're recovering from it, we have to re-encourage them as if we weren't already yes. trying to encourage it before. So with with that, with reaching out and establishing, was there one uh, a certain network that you'd recommend? Was LinkedIn really one of your resources? Uh, obviously, we have no salute, but uh, a more uh, generalized platform that you felt was, was really important into uh, expanding your network? Yeah, so I, I actually think LinkedIn is great, okay. especially, of course, it has a very professional focus. Um, Instagram, I know that sounds silly, but there's like, especially sometimes I just DM people who are interesting and you never know who will respond, but sometimes that works. Um, and I think also just just thinking about who you know, right? Like when yeah. you really think about it, like when I was like, okay, I want to work in beauty. I was like, oh, you know what? That person's sister actually works at this company or that. And like you, you when you really start to think about it, because we don't do it right constantly, mm-hmm. your network is probably bigger than you anticipate. Um, but I think like one thing I always tell people is like, don't be discouraged to reach out. So I'll give you a quick example, Joe. Like in Salute, we speak to some incredible women, you know, like C level execs at companies. We don't pay for any of them. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is I will reach out to some of these CEOs and I'll share Salute's mission. And people are excited. They're passionate about this topic. I mean, that's, that inspires me, the fact that, you know, they want to do this outside of all the million other things that they're doing and making time for this. Yeah. Um, and so I think to answer your question, I think like, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Like what's the worst that happens? Someone doesn't respond to your message or your email. And right. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of dings and that's okay because you're going to send 10 emails. You'll get maybe responses from five and you're going to have something amazing happen out of two. Yeah. Right. Like that to me is successful. And I mean, even when I look at what you and Ms. BJ are doing, this is incredible. Um, you guys are really elevating these stories and sharing these stories of women who are passionate about the cause. So I know I digress from your question, but yes, LinkedIn, Instagram, email. But I, I, I think what I meant to say is like, really just, I, I always encourage people like, don't be scared to reach out. Absolutely. Where well, the worst thing that can happen is the worst things are no, the worst things are ghosts, the worst things, nothing, yes. you know, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Um, so That's if you're looking true. to knock down mm-hmm. that percentage, take a couple. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a really nice conversation. I hope that our listeners can take any and all of the bits and pieces of advice that came with it. Uh, any, any closing remarks? No, I just want to say thank you for having me, Joe, as mentioned. I, I think it's incredible what you all are doing to empower, you know, this community and share these stories. Um, so thank you for creating this space. And we hope to continue to do so. Um, our listeners, please check out Salute, visit the website, um, reach out to ERA. If, if you if you yes. feel that your, your networks align, reach out, never be afraid to reach out. And um, I'm Joe, and we'll see you next time on the Warrior Queen podcast. Bye now. Thank you, ERA. Thank you. Bye all.